welcome to the Electric Rodeo, an adult toy megastore podcast about sex, pleasure, relationships, and everything in between. I'm your host, Emma Hewitt, a sex educator and sex toy enthusiast. Every episode, I take a deep dive into a fascinating new topic, talk to experts, and answer common sex questions. Because sex is normal, messy, pleasurable, intimidating, and a hell of a lot of fun. Let's take a ride. I think first and most important thing to remember is that, you know, you don't go from zero to penis. If your end goal is penetration, whether that be with a dildo or a penis, you're going to what we call anal train. I'm talking to Alicia Sinclair. She's a certified sex educator and CEO of Children of the Revolution, the parent company of some of my favorite sex toy brands, Lewand, The Cowgirl, and of course, B-Vibe, a brand dedicated to booty pleasure. You guessed it, we're talking anal play, the good, the bad, and the butt plugs. No matter what you have going on at the front, our butts have a whole lot of pleasure potential. Nerve endings, the sphincter muscles, the prostate, and the internal structure of the clitoris can all be stimulated via the anus. But it's still a part of the body that is considered taboo by many. We surveyed the ATMS database about their anal play habits, and while 70% of respondents have had anal sex, it's only a regular part of the sexual routine for 19% of those responders, and that makes total sense. If it's business in the front, then anal play is the party at the back, and this party requires a little prep and a whole lot of lubricant to make it comfortable, because when it comes to anal play, lube is your friend. I talked to Alicia about who's doing it, how they are doing it, why it feels good, and which group of people is the most hesitant to explore their own butts. And I'll be honest, the answer to that probably won't surprise you. But we start with how Alicia got her start in the world of sex tech and building a booty brand empire. Like many in this industry, she sort of fell into it, fell in love with it, then noticed a gap in the market that needed to be filled. After college, I moved down to Los Angeles. That's where my sister was living. I wanted to be close to her, and I was looking for a job and actually answered an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> to be quite honest, slipped on a banana peel. The advertisement <laughs> was for someone who was open-minded, mm-hmm. and they were paying a little bit more than most other jobs that I was looking at. And when I arrived, it actually happened to be a really large sex toy manufacturer, and I was a little nervous and weirded out in the beginning, but the people were really nice. And, you know, getting to know the company, I felt like I could actually make an impact. Like what was available in the marketplace at the time was such crap. And we're talking about almost 20 years ago. And I was really one of the only college educated and women working in the industry at the time. So that's how I got my start actually was kind of by accident. And you grew up Mormon. So how did you tell people what you did for work? What do your family and friends think about it? You know, for the first, I would say about 10 years of my career, I actually didn't tell people what I did. Mm -hmm. I would kind of disguise and say, well, I work for this novelty toy manufacturer. And I would just talk about the bachelorette and gag gifts that we made. And it wasn't until I would say about 10 years until I felt confident enough and proud enough of what I had done 
to actually tell people, you know what, I work in sex tech. I work for a company who's doing, you know, really great things. And then eventually when we started our own company, then I was really proud to tell tell people Mm -hmm. what I did because I was excited about what our company was doing in the business. And B-Vibe was your first brand, if I'm correct. So where did the idea come from? Well, prior to founding COTR, I worked for a company called Jimmy Jane, who was a very small boutique, high-end brand. And I had proposed several times, you know, we're talking now, let's see, you know, seven, eight years ago. And I had proposed to create high quality premium anal products that were body safe. No one had done that at the time. And I just felt there was a huge opportunity. And these folks really wanted nothing to do with the anal category. And when we split ways, that company was acquired and I ended up, you know, uh, separating from them. And when we started COTR, I had the idea in my head that there's no one company that just makes high quality anal products. And I had taken at the time I was becoming a certified sex educator and I'd taken a class called non-vanilla sex, which was AKA anal play and fetish. And there was a specific thing that I remember, which is there's a ton of nerve endings in the anal sphincter. And I thought to myself, there's not a single butt plug that stimulates that area. And so Mm -hmm. what if we took like a rabbit and like made it into a butt plug? So it was really just a simple (laughs) idea, but thus became the rimming plug. So that was really where B-Vibe came from. So let's talk a little bit about butt stuff then. What does this term encompass and why does it feel so good? Uh, So butt stuff is basically everything in my mind that involves erotic butt play. So that could be everything from ass worship, anal massage, penetration, butt plug play, uh, you know, like the entire category. You know, lots of people think about sex in general and they consider that just penetration, but there's a lot more, you know, in overall erotic play. And then why does it feel good? Well, if you have a penis, you most likely have a prostate. And the prostate is an intense source of pleasure. And that could really most successfully be stimulated through the anal canal. And if you have a vagina, you most likely have a clitoris. And what you see on the outside of the body is what we say is like an iceberg. It's just the tip of the clitoris. There's a large internal structure. And because the anal canal and the vaginal canal are, as I say, next door neighbors, right, with a very thin wall between them, whenever you put something inside the anal canal, it actually pushes up towards the inner clitoris or the vaginal canal. And it stimulates what we call the A spot, which is really just Mm -hmm. parts of the clitoris, and also applies pressure, right? So it puts pressure in towards the vaginal canal, kind of like shortens it. So that can feel really good, especially if you're putting something in your vagina at the same time, right? Also kind of makes everything feel tight. So there's that pressure. And then also you're stimulating the internal clitoris. So there's lots of <laughs> lots of yummy stuff going on, yeah. not to mention the anal sphincter, right? Which is the entry <laughs> of it. So yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had in that area. <laughs> Definitely. Now, there seems to be a real fascination with anal play. And I think that's a mix of both positive and negative. Why do you think that humans are just so obsessed with the butt? I think anytime something is, anytime we're sort of told not to do something or it's hidden or mysterious or taboo, it adds this different layer that makes us more curious about it. It's like if someone tells you like, don't look behind that door, like all you wanna do is look (laughs) behind that door. And I think that's the same thing with anal play. And it's also sort of like a 201 activity, as I say. So like you get all of this time to play 
typically like you would play with your like front stuff and you would play with somebody else's front stuff. And maybe you would do that with like, you know, a couple different people and then sort of like what's next, I think. Mm. So it's like a natural, you know, for me, it seems like it'd be like the next frontier. And do you think that the internet and mainstream porn have had an impact on normalizing anal play over the last little while? Do you think that it means that people are more interested in stimulating the anus now? I think the internet, when I think about, yes, to answer your question, like simply, (laughs) yes, I do. I think definitely people are curious and want to replicate things that they see or, you know, specifically in porn, they want to try things. And I also think, you know, when we're talking about the internet, also there's so much more education Mm -hmm. and information available in a sex positive way that are like how to guides and normalizing and like, you know, making things shame free and removing stigma. And I think the internet has really sort of facilitated that sharing of information that has made people, you know, maybe more willing because they have more information at hand to do it successfully. And what about cis hetero men in particular? So this might be a little bit of a generalization, but in my experience, this group is kind of the least hesitant, I guess, to explore their own bodies, regardless of all of the pleasure potential that exists there. Do you think that this is true in your work? And if so, why? Yes, I think that cis hetero men would be the general category that just want to give, just wants to give and doesn't want to receive. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, I think that's for sure. I think a lot of that has to do with toxic masculinity, right? Sort of this Mm -hmm. idea of what makes a man a man. I think anything that involves receiving is considered feminine. Mm. And if you think about it from, say, a cis hetero woman's perspective, you know, speaking for myself, like we're used to like, having things in our mouth, our vagina, our Mm -hmm. butts, like we're used to being the receivers. And that's quite the opposite for somebody who's, you know, a man, for example, like they're used to being the giver. And I think that is considered a feminine act to receive something. So I think that's where that hesitancy comes from. And there's just like a lot of very rigid rules around being a man. And I think that anal play is really a mind trip for most men. And do you think that that's shifted a little bit? Do you think that men are becoming more open to it or has it not really changed? I think men are becoming more open to it in general. Yes. Mm. I think also gender is changing for younger generations, what the relationship with gender is. I want to say there's, at least in my experience here in the United States, it feels like there's a large group of folks who are really like challenging what it means to even just the spectrum of gender, like sort of wanting to be removed from it. So I do think that that's changing. And I think in really interesting ways. Are there any myths around anal play that you would like to dispel? Yes, I think for me, the number one myth that I always like to dispel, I guess specifically because, you know, if I'm being a little selfish, (laughs) it applies (laughs) to me. But it would be that anal play for women has to hurt in a heterosexual relationship or that it's something that you do for your partner and it's not something that say you would you would enjoy and I feel like that's a very disempowering narrative because it's essentially saying that as a woman and this is the common story that I hear I'm gonna have a drink it's Christmas Father's Day something like this and I'm just gonna like this is my present if you will I'm gonna take this pain I'm going to take this pain. It's not going to feel good for me. And this is what I'm giving my partner is this painful experience for me. And I just feel that that is such a, 
we're preparing our partners for something that's not to hurt Mm. us. And I just, I don't like that. So my point is like anal play feels good for women. And I also think that all sexual relationships should feel good for both partners. Yeah, that leads really nicely into the next question, actually, which is around sort of like the ins and outs of anal play. So unlike what we see in porn, the majority of us are not ready at the drop of a hat always to go into any kind of anal play. So what do you think we need to know about hygiene and how can we actually prepare ourselves so that it is a pleasurable experience? Yes. So specifically the things that you want to do beforehand and the things that the people who are in porn have done Mm -hmm. that you didn't see right the off camera is I think first and most important thing to remember is that you know you don't go from zero to penis if your end goal is penetration whether that be with a dildo or a penis you're Mm -hmm. gonna what we call anal train and basically what that means it's just like going to the gym right you would never lift a hundred pounds just go into the gym. Lift. You, wouldn't. you would start with 10 pounds and then maybe 20 and then 30. So my point in saying that is you'll start with maybe something the size of your finger. Mm-hmm. And then when that feels comfortable and good in your body, you'll go to two fingers. And when that feels comfortable and good in your, then you go to three fingers and then you're working your way up to essentially the size of whatever it is you're ultimately want to put in your body. So my point is it's a slow experience. It's not something that's done overnight. It's not supposed to hurt. It's supposed to feel good. Mm. The second thing is lubricant. Spit's not lube. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not. And no matter how many times you see somebody in porn, like, spit a loogie, like, it is not lube. And that's oh. not all they're using. So, like, lube, 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 lube. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I can't say it more. Slow and slippery. If you take nothing else from this conversation. <laughs> slow and slippery. And then, as far as hygiene... The anal canal, how well you know your body, like do you know your uh, digestive system well? You know that you poop every morning and you know that in the afternoon, like you don't poop. Like it's how well you know your body. But most folks feel really comfortable with a squeaky clean internal rinse. And Mm -hmm. so how you achieve that, basically you take an enema bulb and you fill it with warm water, just warm water. You don't put anything else in it. You lubricate the nozzle of the enema. You put that inside, say like, you know, an inch or two into your rectum. You squeeze the water in there. You let it sit for a minute. You'll feel the need to expel it, right? Like you have to go to the bathroom. You sit over the toilet. You let warm water go out. If there's a lot of stuff in there, you can repeat the process until the water is clean. And you want to do that a minimum of 45 minutes to an hour before your anal play experience because there's little folds in your anal canal and sometimes water can get trapped in there. So you may Mm. have to like go to the bathroom a couple times and like it'll just be water. So like those are the things that most folks are doing to prepare. They're anal training, they're using lots of lubricant, and they're doing an enema 45 minutes to an hour before their play. And when it comes to the different types of toys, do you recommend anything in particular for beginners that are just starting out and for those that are more advanced? Yeah, so for beginners, I think the best place to start is a butt plug that's about the size of your finger. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a pretty good place to start. And you just want to like put it inside your body and feel how it feels. Get used to the sensation and see if it's something you like. You don't have to like anal play, you know, so make sure it's something that like feels good in your body and get used to the sensation of having something go in versus out of Mm. your butt. I think for advanced players, I mean, obviously the rimming plug, (laughs) (laughs) right? You know, because that's something that's dual sensation. 
I think that's a really great product, mm. especially because of the remote control. I think the big snug plugs, if you've ever seen our weighted plugs, mm-hmm. a lot of advanced players really enjoy the sensation of that heaviness inside their body, that pressure. Mm-hmm. So I think those would be my two recommendations. And you have some really amazing larger toys in the B-Vibe range now. So what's the appeal of something that is deemed large? Like what's the appeal of something so big? Well, you have to remember like different people have different size bodies, mm-hmm. you know, number one. So depending like on what your body size is, you might in general like something larger. And I also think it can be like a kinky thing. It can be that that can be your thing that turns you on is that large size inside you. Our bodies have an amazing capacity to to stretch and, <laughs> and make space for things. Mm-hmm. And that pressure inside our body or sometimes that length or that heaviness, the intensity of sensation can feel really good. And our bodies get used to different sizes. So it's only natural to sort of graduate to the next one if that's your thing. And because the anus is such a sensitive area, can you just talk a little bit more about the role of lubricant and perhaps like how to insert and remove a butt plug safely? Yeah, so lubricant, again, like I can't say it enough, lube, 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 like it Mm. it really is that important. The best way that I can explain the sensation without lubricant is kind of like a rug burn right? Rubbing dry skin against right. dry skin. Doesn't feel good. Ouch. We don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Never feels good. So no. we want lots of lubricant, right? Like think of it like body massage, right? Massage feels really good when you have oil, mm-hmm. right? Something to lubricate it. So the best way to insert and remove a plug is basically a 45 degree angle. So you want to take a plug and say point up towards your belly button or depending on what position you're lying in. Like Mm -hmm. I always just say like 45 degree angle towards your belly button. Um, And that's actually going to allow the plug to go in pretty easy instead of straightforward that I'd say it kind of has like a squeegee effect, you know, because when you Mm. dip the plug down a little bit, actually kind of like just holds the anal sphincter open. It's really strong muscle. So if you just kind of hold that little, (laughs) that little guy open (laughs) and then insert the plug at an angle, it actually goes in nice and smooth. And then when you're ready to get it out, you know, just kind of press your body as if you were, say, pooping, but do it about like halfway and then the plug will come out very easily instead of pulling against it and trying to pull it out at the same time. So you need to relax is sort of my point. Mm -hmm. Now, people really freak out when I tell them that butt plugs and anal toys can actually travel up inside your body if you don't have a suitable flared base. So can you talk to us a little bit about the sphincter muscles and the flared base of toys and why they're so essential? Yeah, so as we say, without a base, without a trace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there's nothing that, unlike the vaginal canal, right, that ends at the cervix, the digestive system, it just kind of keeps on going and Mm -hmm. it can suck things in. So from that anal canal, which is like a storage area, anything that's in there can be sucked into the colon. And then that results in embarrassing visits to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. So you need that base to prevent anything from traveling into your digestive system. A very simple rule is you want the base of a plug to at least be long as the widest point of the bulb that's going inside of you. Mm -hmm. 
So it's kind of the general rule. And you don't want it to be very flexible because <laughs> believe it or not, when you're playing, you know, when you're playing and you're having a good time, things can fold in or move around. So the quality and design of your butt plug is actually really important. Mm-hmm. No base, no trace. Exactly. Sadly <laughs> enough. Yeah. Now, how do you recommend people approach the topic of anal play with their partners or lovers? How can we talk about it? So in general, anytime you want to suggest a new item on your sex menu, (laughs) (laughs) the best time to do it is outside the place where you have sex. So my point is saying don't in your bedroom during your or about during your sexy time say hey what about anal play Mm -hmm. it's good to talk about that say I don't know over dinner (laughs) I know that sounds odd like (laughs) what about butt stuff like you know in the middle of dinner but I think there's creative ways to bring it up and also to make it an invitation so it could be something like hey I read this article about anal play and I'm kind of interested in it and I'm wondering if if that's something you would be interested in too Or, you know, maybe printing out an article that you read or a product that you saw or going to a sex toy store together Mm. and mingling over to the anal play section being like, hey, I've always thought of trying. What about you? You know, so I think you have to invite your partner to play with you. I don't think you should demand it. That's something I've heard people do that really doesn't seem pleasant. Mm. Yeah, I think invitations and being creative about how you suggest is important. And finally, I know that this topic makes people feel a little bit uncomfortable, but with anal play, things don't always go as planned. So it might not work the way you want to. There could be mess or you might need to stop partway through and that's okay. So how can couples or lovers manage each other's expectations of anal play if something doesn't quite go right? So I'm going to say this. Shit happens, you know, (laughs) it does happen. And I think the best way is to be prepared with a backup plan. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is have a towel down, have baby wipes nearby. If you have an accident, just wrap your accident up in a towel. Like I said, you know, use baby wipes real quick Mm -hmm. and slow down and back off and like just have that conversation. Hey, accidents happen. We'll play a different way. We'll try again another night. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the butt. Yeah. Things happen. (laughs) We have to adult with butt play. It's the only, you know, you have to like think through. This is a 201, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a 201 experience. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Alicia. That was really entertaining and eye-opening. Yeah, truly my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Electric Rodeo podcast for Adult Toy Megastore, produced by Sound Cartel. Follow Electric Rodeo free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more sex and relationships explained, follow at Electric Rodeo Podcast on Instagram. <laughs>